Commencing operation orientation. Humans of Earth, prepare your audio receptors as the following episode contains information far beyond your comprehension. For your safety, it is very important you do not good. Now that it is out of the way, it is time to tune into the show. And welcome to the podcast, where we are currently recapping the events of Transformers IDW 2005 continuity. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with today's comic discussion takes us to IDW Transformers More Than ECI Volume 7. And as always, spoilers warning, because spoilers, spoilers. So if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back, read the comics, then come listen to the podcast, or do what you want. We're, we're not your boss. Now, onwards. Both Computron and myself have read this series already, but this is Kilbyte's first time, and we are excited to hear his thoughts about the series. But before we can even do that, or even think about doing that, Computron, do you mind telling us some fun facts? Yeah, uh, so this is a more than ETI, so there are always going to be way more fun facts than usual. Um, so... <laughs> There are a total of five comics for this issue. Issue 34 was released October 29th, 2014, and the last issue, 38, was released March 4th, 2015. Writers, my favorite, James Roberts, and the artists were Atilio Rojo, Alex Milne, with colors by Joanne Lafuente, Alex Milne, Brian Scherer, and Josh Burkham. All right, so time for some fun stuff. In issue 34, on the cover, Ultra Magnus references subsection 11, parentheses 3, of the Autobot Code, another of James Roberts' regular references to the number. Really likes that 113 number, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in issue 35, we see the security officer who stops Minimus is designed after classic UK comic strip uh, law enforcer Judge Dredd. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I did see Judge Dredd. I did. Uh, let's see here. Uh, time travel creating parallel universes or a time traveler going to a parallel universe rather than actually changing their host timeline is a trope used in a few time travel stories. That's a tone twister. <laughs> uh, that used to be the official rules of Marvel Comics, time travel. So when Perceptor says parallel universes are a concept that encourages a second-rate scientist to avoid the more complicated implications of time travel. To digress a moment, Perceptor must be referring to, uh, specifically to alternate timelines created through alteration of history via time travel. Rather than to be different universes in general, since there are, of course, a bajillion different Transformers universes, within the confines of the IDW continuity alone, the Dead Universe was a proven alternate universe that the Transformers were dealing with very recently. Alright, so issue 36. When they originally appeared, the Outliers drew a clear parallel to Marvel's X-Men, being a super-powered mutants secretly taught to use their abilities at a school. In what is surely another nod this issue, Windcharger throws Orion Pax in a manner similar to the classic X-Men maneuver, the Fastball Special. 
In issue 38, on the day of the issue's release, hashtag MTMTE was a trending topic on Tumblr, meaning that the comic was one of the most talked about topics on the entire platform, itself one of the top 25 internet destinations as ranked by traffic in the nice. whole world. This is, of course, outstanding. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> also, last but not least, did you know, by subscribing to our channel or following us on social media helps keep the Kremzeeks away. Is that true? Uh, for legal reasons, I have to say no. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, <laughs> Mr. Kilobyte, do you mind giving us a short summary of these comics? We'll do. Uh, again, the more than the eye, I tend to do a couple stories, so there'll be a couple of short summaries. So we'll start off uh, with, in the present day, an attempt by a small group of Autobots to save the life of a wounded Transformer goes horribly wrong. While in the past, the exiled Megatron comes under mental assault from Senate agents. That's a fun, fun ride. The Lost Lighters realized that Brainstorm has time traveled into the past in order to change history. What could his goal be? Don don don. In this week's episode, we're giving a shout out to uh, VR Matrix. Thank you so much. You are awesome, and thank you for the support of the show. And as always, this information came from the wiki. From the wiki. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, <laughs> most of the fun facts come from the wiki Computron. Computron. <laughs> huh. All right. Shall we get started? <laughs> we shall. We start off on a planet. I think I'm pronouncing this wrong. Ofsted, what is that? A 17? 17. 17. Kilo, do you mind giving us a quick rundown of what happens here? Blue Streak, Trail Crawler, Mainframe, First Aid. What exactly happens to our dear, dear friend, Trail Cutter? Well, they are, they seem to be in some type of ruins. And uh, they're talking about it was like an opera house. Uh, and they find a injured bot uh, with... Surprisingly, without a face. And so First Aid is trying to save this bot. And uh, amidst the conversation between all of them, they're trying to figure out if it's a Decepticon or if it's an Autobot, uh, if they should really uh, help them. And so at the end, they do find the missing face plate of the bot. And uh, we get a glance that it's Voss. Of course, they don't know this. But uh, they end up helping the... Decepticon, and in the midst of transferring Energon, uh, Voss awakens and attacks uh, Trailbreaker, and he manages to create a force field to keep himself away from Voss while First Aid go, goes and gets uh, Blue Streak. And uh, lo and behold, there was a hidden Decepticon underneath uh, a rubble, and that is Kaon. And Kaon attacks Trailbreaker killing him on the spot while his friends see the horror from outside Trailbreaker's bubble. Yeah, and what was our reaction to this? This is very on the edge of your seat, mind, mind the pun with the chair, Kaon. <laughs> um, this was like our first encounter of the this version of the Lost Light running into the DJG members. And it's kind of like they have not seen this kind of horror before. Oh, oh man. I, I like... Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, I like, like, right in before they went into the opera house, they were all kind of, like, bunched up talking about, like, the war and everything. 
And one of the things you see, and this I know this is off topic, is mainframe reading the Decepticon Manifesto, the updated version. The updated version with the edits at the end by Megatron, right? That he admitted that he screwed up the end. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, uh, the, so you know, Trailcatter has that ability to put up a shield, right? Correct. Yes. And you know. You, he and you know, being the brave bot he is, he and first aid gave Voss their energon, and after that, he puts up his shield because he realizes Voss is not a good boy. And no, he, he for, for a second, you're like, okay, I think Trail Cutter, because he he even says it's impossible to get through that barrier unless he himself dies. And you're like, oh, okay, he'll be okay. <laughs> he'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be okay. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. Kilo, any last thoughts? Uh, they caught me off guard. I'm like, why is Voss damaged? And uh, I'm like, okay, he'll survive. Uh, and then suddenly Kaon appears, and I'm like, oh no, this is not going to end well. And sadly, okay. yeah, sadly, what a lost at the end. Yeah. Yes. Pretty gruesome scene as well. He just. It is. It is. Uh, so <laughs> if we didn't mention it before, uh, warning uh, viewers, there are probably images. Too late by now. Probably on the screen <laughs> that shows some gruesome Might be turning Transformers. Into YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it should be fine on YouTube. It's just comics. All right, continuing on, we get some flashback scenes on Mesitine with Megatron. What are our thoughts on this? And specifically, we see him writing what would eventually become the first edition of the Decepticon Manifesto. Who's his friend? Who is this other guy named Trepan? What is his deal? Um, it was interesting to see that he was at one point selfless because he, I believe it was Terminus that he was keeping alive. Yep. Yes. And, um, Terminus was like his editor because Decepticon or Megatron would read out loud. Just definitely heartwarming. That selfish, selfless early on. And I really like the, the bot, uh, what was his name? It was, uh, Freud? No, not Freud. It was Tree Pan. Tree Pan. I really like Tree Pan's design. I like his kind of like uh, underwater breather. Uh, oh, well, that one was Freud. Yeah. Uh, that one's Freud. Was it Freud? Was I really like. Yeah, yeah. I really like Freud's like underwater breather design. I really like. We don't we don't see a lot of interesting designs like that often, so I really I really liked it. Yeah, and it's Tree Pan who gets a hold of Megatron because he's. He's starting a revolution because some of his book is getting out and people are not wanting to do jobs they don't want to do. I don't blame them. And they attempt to change his memories by deleting his thoughts, probing his mind, which kind of brings up in previous volume, we see that he doesn't do well as needles. He doesn't want needles. He doesn't like them. So that's why, why this has come <laughs> from, right? Yeah. yeah. That's actually a good I, point. I forgot about I that. I had a theory that Trepan was Aeon for some reason because he, he kind of has some goggles and kind of looks like Aeon uh, a little bit uh, with the coloring yeah. and everything. So I thought this was kind of like Aeon at the beginning and eventually he's like, wait, all this, all that Megatron is saying is true. I shouldn't be doing this. I should be helping. And so eventually we would later, I'm assuming if it was going to be correct, we would later figure out that it is Kaon's original name before you know he became the DJD. You know, and you'll be absolutely right. But we saw Trepan die when Overlord was made. Yeah, that is true. Yep, his head got a uh, little squished. 
Oh, I forgot the smushy about smush. Yeah, I see. I don't. I don't think they gave him a name back then, but now we know it's Maybe. Oh, I could be wrong. Yeah. Any hoodle, brainstorm then shows up in the past, the past that we are currently in. Computron, what were your thoughts when you first read this? I know this is like your second time. And Kilo, what were your theories at this point? Why is Brainstorm showing up in the mine where Megatron is at? I mean, I think, to be honest with you, it was probably just like what everybody else's first expression was or first experience expectations were. Can I say words? It was everybody's uh, first expectations uh, that he was just going back in the past to kill Optimus. I was also like, scrap, I gotta give me that suitcase. I got some <laughs> stuff I gotta deal with. <laughs> I thought he was going to go uh, take care of Megatron because uh, at least the way they framed it in the, at the beginning here is everybody at where Megatron is at the mines and everything started running because there was going to be like an explosion. And so when he first appears, he seems to appear like in a cave with, where like you would mine Energon. So I assumed he was there to take care of uh, Megatron because we've, we've only seen Megatron so far. Yeah. And I think they mentioned throughout the comics that when he uses time case, I'm going to use that time case, it emits a huge amount of radiation. And that was what caused the emergency evacuation at the mines because the one of the sensors detected huge amounts of radiation, which caused the evacuation. So he is the cause of that. Fun fact. Yes. So moving forward, sorry, moving forward past word into the past even farther back we get some back rewind we got to go back to the past <laughs> forward into the past guys <laughs> we get some rewind and dominus eventually to become ultra magnus of course talk about how the current functionalist society works kilo do you mind giving us a rundown about how functionalists work and what are your thoughts on this short-lived character that you are so near and dear to that looks exactly like Jetfire from the Cybertron cartoons. Yes. Uh, so hopefully I get this right uh, first try. But they're discussing that the functionists are... Uh, you have a, a, a designation role based on your alt mode, right? So if, if you <laughs> are uh, designated that you're no longer useful, or your alt mode is no longer useful, you are retired and in terms, that means you are put offline. sounds nice. Oh, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, you'll, you're, you're going to be put offline so you don't get to enjoy retirement. And while uh, Dominus and Rewind are talking about all these changes, because Dominus has been a, a, away for a long time, and this is his first time back, I think, uh, on Cybertron uh, in a while, uh, he sees that there's a lot of changes, a lot of new uh, bots like Rewind. There's a lot of... Uh, you'll. In the images, you'll see there's a lot of bots that have the same body type and, are, and same designs as Rewinds. Uh, so they've kind of become the standard now for like information gathering. But we also see uh, one of the characters that does look like Judge Dredd, he explains to Dominus Ambus that they have to scan him to determine his alt mode if it's uh, a functional alt mode. If not, then they might have to terminate on the spot. Because uh, his, he's since he's been so uh, like long away from Cybertron for so long, uh, he doesn't have his information, you know, uh, up to date. And in the middle of that, we see a character from Cybertron Jetfire, which I was very excited to see. And it, he's running away, and he trips over the the guard, and he gets terminated on the spot because uh, his alt mode has no longer a use for space travel. Yeah. Because the functionalist 
declared that space travel is no longer necessary, right? Yeah, you no longer need to a space travel. So I have a question. Yeah. I think it was was it stated that um, was this in the alternate universe? I, I guess I was getting confused at this point. Um, and one of the reasons why I asked that was is that um, it sounded like Cybertron sold Luna too. Yes. Yes, so this, yeah. yes, technically takes place in an alternate universe, this version of the past. Remember in the fun facts, it created, the, the time case created a universe each time they went back in time. So technically there's multiple parallel universes with, with some variations on the side, right? Yeah. So yeah, this is technically an alternative universe. Um, yeah, I'm sensing a theme with Kilo's favorite characters. They always end up dead within <laughs> three pages. Yeah, and... Uh, I've really, I've really liked it. Fire's design for this Unicron trilogy, so I was very excited. Uh, but we, we also for the for the listeners out there, when we show the panel, uh, let us know in the comments how many bots you can uh, find. Kind of let's play, let's play the the Earthling game. Where's Waldo? But where's all the Cybertron trilogy characters in this panel? Because there's name there's plenty. <laughs> name that bot, and I really had a blast figuring them all out. Hey, uh, Kilo, next time you have a favorite bot, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> hey. Jumping forward onto the Lost Light in the current now, in the current this universe, reactions oh. to finding out Swerve has actually been diluting his drinks, which is what saved them from Brainstorm's poisoning everyone before he time jump. which, wait a minute, does that mean he's diluting our drink? Are we getting ripped off? Probably. That kind of explains a lot, to be honest with you. Here, yeah. you guys, you guys, talk about this situation real quick. I'm gonna go have a chat with them. Yeah, that, that's why they weren't as strong as bots were saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I really like. Here, I am thinking I can hold my weight. <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a drinker either, but uh, I, I, I thought I could hang out with you guys. Unlike the, the, motor. Fuel? What, what was the the one Hex brought us? It's death Fuel. Death Fuel? I'm not touching that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm back, and we're not talking about that. Don't ask me to touch that stuff. Yeah, we're not, not talking about it. that. We're not talking about that. Uh, I do want to say I enjoy Megatron having a complete meltdown or breakdown on how ridiculous this entire situation is. And Magnus is like, it's okay. It's practically a rite of passage at this point to have a breakdown. <laughs> Yeah. Of all people to have a breakdown, it's <laughs> Megatron. Huh. It's so good. You know, you know how bad the last slide is when he has a breakdown. <laughs> Speaking of breakdowns, let's have a quick ad break. One, two, two three, three, shot! shot. Oh, that's, that's strong. Nah, that's nothing. You should have seen me back in the day. I could have drank out the whole bar. Hey, Heximus. I haven't seen you at the bar for a while. Hey, guys. Well, what are you guys doing? Oh, Onyx was just saying he could outdrink a whole bar. You want to try a shot of Energon? Sure. Oh, ugh, why did I even try that? I'm not a robot. That battery acid tasted my mouth. Ugh. Uh, oh, hey, you guys should try this. What's, What's that? that? It's nightmare fuel. Strongest stuff in the afterlife and existence. I'll see about that. Pour me a glass. God, that's what I thought. Oh, my prime, you killed him! 
<laughs> Lightweight. Calm down, Kilo. He's just unconscious and got knocked off his high turbo horse. Purchasing nightmare fuel, you agree to the following and will not sue if you have compulsive mad ravings, hallucinations, screaming. If you see someone else in your reflection or in your dreams, please avoid sleeping. Do not consume more than 13 ounces over the course of six days. And we are back. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Back in the past again, I want to talk about the council, the, specifically the, the functionalist council. They call themselves specific okay. names, and we will oh. get there, but they're inside this thing called the COG, and there's 12 members. Thoughts, reactions, theories. I like their designs a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I like their names because they go by one of 12, or I am two of 12. It's very interesting. It's very sinister, almost. I, I, I liked how each of them were designated to specific parts of the governance. Um, actually trying to pull up a list here. Maybe we'll put it up for like the viewers. Oh, um, we will. Yeah. Um, each cog, or I'm sorry, not each cog, but each um, council member has their own specific roles or responsibilities. Like I think uh, one of 12 is his, one of them has like a job who's literally just the uh, mediator. <laughs> between the 12 i'm like okay you're useful that's the i still want to have a job here so this is my title now <laughs> yeah exactly um uh, but it's interesting I, I i do want to see where this goes to um, um, I, I like the propaganda that we can see everywhere it's like everything is fine uh you be our eyes it's kind of like they're brainwashing everybody into I don't know. Some foreshadowing. Yeah, it's 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 a foreshadowing because uh, we will learn we'll, later. We'll learn, but it, it's just you know brainwashing, and they'll eventually they'll become uh, like non-thinkers, and so they won't they will never you know go against uh, this console. Yeah, it's a very scary concept, and I don't want to see this happen anywhere. Yeah, it's not it's not good. Fascism. Yeah, this fascism, <laughs> folks. Don't do it. All right. So, uh, doing a little bit of jumping back and forth here. Back in the present again. Uh, what is the plan to stop Brainstorm? Comptron, do you mind explaining Perceptor's plan on how to stop Brainstorm? It's it's the, the four parts of Brainstorm's plan to do time travel. Gosh, so they had this idea that Brainstorm was going back in time to kill Optimus because what they found underneath his mask was a Decepticon symbol. So Brainstorm, uh, I think he found a lot of the leftover uh, suitcases that were left uh, on the ship. And I believe those were the suitcases that were powering Brainstorm's suitcase that he takes with him, if I'm not mistaken. They found an extra on the second last flight, and that's the plan to use that one to chase Brainstorm. And yeah, then he's yeah. using additional suitcases as a power source to do Which the Which I believe power. are leeching from the quantum engine? Yes. 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 And so uh, what their, what his idea was is to do a time heist or, or time chase or, or a time uh, something. To Insert time joke here. We don't have the time right now. <laughs> uh, to go back in time and get Brainstorm before he can change the current present. Yeah. Because, oh, and I believe um, one of the issues that Perceptor was running into was, is he said it was at this time, 
throughout this specific moment that there was no such thing as part one, two things. There was no such thing as parallel universes, and that theory was proven false. Which we'll see later, it may or may not be proven false. Uh, the second is that um, in order to uh, go back in the past, Brainstorm had to solve what was called the paradox, uh, time paradox. And how he did it was is he created what was called a paradox ox. Um, and the whole reason behind this was is if something were to happen in the past, um, the entire current present would be overwritten and completely eliminated because in this time they didn't believe in parallel universes. So it was just an overwrite. So uh, brainstorm. Right, because, kind of like, right yeah. because if you go back in the past to change something, you change something. So there's no reason for you to go back in the past to change something. Therefore, null and <laughs> voiding what you just did. So that's what the time lock thing was for, right? Uh, the paradox yeah. lock. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Kilo? Anyway. <laughs> All right. That's a mouthful. Kilo? Any thoughts? Uh, a lot of magic, like Rodimus says. A lot of magic, yes. <laughs> magic, magic, magic. Jumping back four million years into the past, who do we find, Kilo? Uh, we find uh, Optimus Prime with his squad of mutants. I mean, super-powered robots. I don't uh, think we can say mutants, but yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, but for legal yeah. reasons, we mean not the X Men ones. Yeah, uh, they're just super powered robots. But yeah. uh, he, he uh, Optimus is with the with Roller, uh, Wind Charger, Glitch, Skids, and they're protecting a batch of newborn Sparks, and because the Senate is trying to uh, dispose of them, that way there's no more uh, Transformers being created or you know actually being born and so they they find the crew that come out out of rollers cargo hold and they're uh out of gas of like where did you all come from yeah because rodimus and gang time travel right magic yeah magic. <laughs> yeah and uh, the choices they made for the crew for the the crew that will time travel uh, i understand why but they're questionable yes because they, they do have to have the same uh, spark uh, synchronization like with like with brainstorm because it has it uses a, a specific spark pattern that like the suitcase for it able to be you know used and so they they gathered all of the ones that could uh, link with it and they teleported but you know they teleported with whirl and I don't know if that's a good idea <laughs> definitely entertainment but they also find uh, trailbreaker in the past given the recent events trailbreaker no yeah yeah the there was a rule that nobody was going to mess with the past and then Rodimus is the first one to break and he's like, "Okay, Trailbreaker, if you're going if you're at this place, you do this, do not do this, don't leave the ship." Got it? Okay. I won't explain any more. And I'm like, "Come on, Rodimus." Of course, he's the first one to break his own rule. <laughs> Makes so much sense. What are I we talked about this in the fun facts. What are your thoughts on the force field maneuver with Optimus? The one that's replicating the the Y Men, sorry, the X Men. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Uh, kind of, I feel like it was Optimus kind of showing off. He's like, "Okay, just throw me. I could do this, and no, no problem." Okay. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought it was a reference to Lord of the Rings <laughs> when they <laughs> threw 
Gimli yes. across the gate. You'll have so to trust me. <laughs> That's good, yeah. So eventually, we do another time jump. This time, to pre-war Cybertron. Any highlights you both want to talk about? Like, during this time, we get, like, Ultra Magnus Vision again in the, in the current time. And in the past, we get some more... Uh, Dominus and Rewind interaction where Dominus finds his brother who has a flat screen for a head or I don't know there's a lot to talk about here but my favorite is the Ultra Magnus vision again and it's staring at Megatron and it's it's like showing us like like threat level uncomprehensible because it's so high <laughs> just uh, war, uh, war crimes against the entire <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, a Cybertronian race. It's <laughs> like, okay. Um, I do want to dive in on Dominus finding his brother, Ambus. Yes. Um, dive away. He, uh, so, he, so in this, I guess, parallel universe, um, Ambus is in lead of a revolt against the Functionist Society. And um, the, the Functionist Council managed to uh, kidnap him and since they realized that his words have a lot of power they took away his head and put a slap the computer on her um, and the only way for for him to talk is through legit text across the screen and all like, of it being monitored on a monitor <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're always watching uh, Phil, what do you mean they're always watching <laughs> explain a little bit more about that one the the uh, functionists are using the rewind models as their eyes. No, not it wasn't the rewind models. It was no. the it was uh, Dominus Ambus, the the new guard. The, the the reason why they brought him in, and and a bunch of other bots is because they changed his eyes, and they're using them to be their eyes uh, out there, and so they're recording everything the they see without them knowing, because they were being operated on while they were traveling. Uh, through light speed or you know in space while they were uh, sleeping in their slabs. Yeah, very scary stuff. That's very scary. Yep. I I, I also found it very creepy uh, with uh, Ambus uh, with his monitor face because they 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 even changed words. Like if if you if he tried to say something, they would you know switch it around or write whatever they wanted on the screen so it wouldn't be. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be interpreted wrong or it would give the correct information. It was like what they wanted you to read. And right. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's not good. No. Oh, boy. The ruling governance, ruling what somebody can say and cannot say. Interesting. Sounds familiar. But we won't yeah. dive into it. So another time jump with the Lost Light crew. We visit... McAdams old oil house the same one the same instance one from a few volumes ago you know the one where with Nightbeat and Quart doing the investigation outside and where <clears throat> uh, Kilo thought it was wrong in there but um, it was wrong it was wrong what, <laughs> it was you wrong. want to explain that a little bit you want to explain that yeah so uh, when they go to the bar they they're keeping an eye out for Brainstorm because they know he's close by. And uh, it's funny because Rung 
the the rung of this timeline gets knocked out by brainstorm that way he doesn't appear at the bar and the bar fight never happens but then the rung from the future that teleported to the past is at the bar so the fight still happens and that's the wrong we see get thrown on the table. So there was two rungs, but it's always been the sense. same rung. <laughs> because a few volumes ago, someone mentioned about him being at the bar, and he said, I don't remember that. It's because it hasn't happened to him yet. Yes. It's all making so, sense now. But we could say two rungs make a right. Two wrongs make a right. Is it right, though? Someone, <laughs> You were waiting to dead. use that. <laughs> I just thought about it, so I have to use it. Outstanding. <laughs> so like all things that involve this comic, the universe itself is at stake. So much so that during the present time, the timeline has stopped. Everything has stopped. Stars have stopped moving because Perceptor removed... The Paradox Lock, trying to get around it, which then starts altering their timeline or blending the two timelines together, I should say. And we see this because we can see Ultra Magnus Vision again, and he's staring at Megatron and he does not recognize who Megatron is in his Megatron vision. And we discover the real reason why that is. Because before we say what that is, did anyone have any theories during their first time reading this about what is happening? Why is this? Why does he not see Megatron or know who he is? I, the thing is, they've all the Lost Lighters have been saying that he's out, uh, like Brainstorm is out to kill Optimus Prime. And then every time we uh, are shown a character, it's usually either like Megatron's there. We did get. Uh, Optimus a little bit at the beginning, but other than that, it's been points where Megatron is. At this point, I was like, it has to be Megatron. It doesn't, it can't be Optimus because Optimus is not at this bar. It's just, and, and, and Megatron is, so it just doesn't, it didn't add up. And then when I, he's like, I don't recognize him, I'm like, <gasps> he deleted Megatron. He just erased Megatron from the timeline. What was that? Mm -hmm. I thought it was, so I was getting confused for a second because um, I, be I believe Preceptor pointed out throughout the entire comic that um, Brainstorm wasn't landing perfectly in the places that he wanted. So at that moment, I was thinking, oh, he's just going to wait out until Optimus shows up to meet Megatron here or, you know, like that. Because I originally had thought that, oh, that's this is just Preceptor, or not Preceptor, uh, brainstorm fumbling <laughs> with where he when he wants to win and where he wants to go <laughs> right i want to point out my favorite part of the scene is when trying to calm everyone down ultra magnus shares how he got a rod star and it's for nita's <laughs> handwriting and then asks if megatron had one and he says sign yes for abandoning my evil ways <laughs> it's so good the comedy oh. in these comics is so good. <clears throat> it's accurate. It's good stuff. <laughs> so we finally arrive to the the scene where Brainstorm runs into past Megatron. What are our thoughts on this final conflict here? He was constructed cold. That not only that, but I believe the original Megatron didn't have a 0.1% spark. He did not. Well, he may have well the the, the before before yeah. the whole yeah but 
yeah, I do. I do like. Yeah. I do like seeing him being constructed. I'm like, <gasps> Tailgate was uh, or Tailgate was correct. He was like fifty fifty that I, he saved Megatron <laughs> when the whole Tyrista happened. I'm like, <gasps> he did save Megatron. That's funny. <laughs> well, that and um, I did enjoy looking. I guess behind on the slabs, there's where I think the other drilling bots. I suppose miners, you call them. miners, miners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and looking on. Uh, Looking and seeing all the ones that kind of match his color, I do want to point out what was the most interesting for me on that scene was is, um, the, the name of the place. It was called Con uh, Facility One One Three. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And they said Con was short for constructed coal, and I'm like, oh, interesting, very interesting, interesting, because interesting. they include the word Con and what? Yeah, I understood that reference. This is something I actually just realized just not reading it through again. So, you know, the yeah. interesting things you find. Yeah. Kill, do you yeah. mind giving us a short description on what occurs in this facility? Yeah. Uh, Brainstorm is standing in front of Megatron with a pistol of some kind. And the crew appears and throw a... I'm assuming it's a Rodimus-made grenade because it's red and yellow. But it does explode, and it takes uh, Brainstorm uh, not down, but he's kind of like not wasn't able to shoot at Megatron. And throughout the whole battle, there or like the confrontation, Rodimus is telling him like, "Don't do it, put the gun down." And Rung steps up and says like, "Yeah, do it, do it now." And he, Rung figured out uh, through some uh, video information that they were. Uh, looking at that brainstorm had, had, was standing there uh, uh, I don't know how long it was I don't know if it was like 15 minutes or 15 seconds before they showed up uh, but it was a, a long while and he could have you know shot Megatron and he didn't so he's he knew that brainstorm was having a conflict between himself if he wanted to do it or not and brainstorm said that he's never killed anyone uh, like himself it's usually been uh, either his gadgets through some some other means, uh, either somebody else building it, killed bots and stuff like that, but he's never really done it. And then he explains that the way he was teleporting or using the time travel was he took, uh, he, pu he put like a chip inside of one of uh, Rung's spaceships so he could get Megatron's signature, but he took out the wrong chip and it was Rung's signature. So he's been teleporting to where Rung has been all this time. And so uh, that's why, uh, like, Rung was at the bar, Rung was at the, the mining facility where Megatron was riding, and it all adds up at the end. And uh, in the end, uh, Rewind, his memories being altered by all these changes, sees that the future will become a functionist future, and he decides to shoot Megatron, killing him on the spot. It's interesting because there's like a double red herring. Oh, you thought he was going for Optimus? No. Oh, you thought he was actually going after Megatron? Oh. No. <laughs> he was, was going right. after Rung. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all this, and uh, I don't know if we were going to cover this a little bit more, but uh, Brainstorm has been doing this because he wanted to save a friend. Uh, uh, Quirk. Somebody, Quirk, that he, somebody that he cared a lot. He, he wanted Conjects to protect. It was his conscience. Yeah. It wasn't. Oh, yes and no, I guess. Yes, it, I like he it. really cared for Cog, but, or, but, you know, Kronk didn't really reciprocate that well because I don't think he ever told him. No, so. no. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this before. Brainstorm has a type. He likes microscopes. 
Oh, oh my gosh. That makes I so just... much sense. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Perceptor in the future and Quark in the past, they're both turned yeah. into microscopes. I don't yeah. think uh, we've seen Quark as a microscope, but spoilers. He does, that's what he he does mention it. He mentions yeah, he it, mention yeah, for it. sure. Yeah. So. so eventually the conflict is settled. Whirl saves Megatron by taking the spare one point percenter spark Brainstorm was holding to use to power the suitcase and shoves it into Megatron. Yeah. Uh, which then is the creation of Megatron, the first hybrid cold construction forged bot. The one percenter yeah. spark. Which makes yeah. sense why he's uh, powerful. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's interesting because you've noticed like even before we watched like all those times where you would surely Megatron should be dead or there's no way Megatron could survive uh, the the uh, junk in for, you know. Yeah. And now that you read it, it's like, well, he's constructed cold. And he's got that adaptability to kind of do yeah. as he darn well and we pleases. don't know as a point one percenter what his like superpower is. Is it like just incredible strength? Is he just cannot die or something? Immortal. Or will. Immortal. Or his yeah. will or something. He's sure strong. will. He's definitely got sure will. Yeah. So moving on from this uh, traumatic event of some kind, Tailgate gets this brilliant idea since they have the powers to communicate through via time travel. They decide to leave a voice message. And it's the same voice message. That we see all the way in Robots in Disguise Volume 1 before takeoff, well, after takeoff, in Prowl's office. What were your thoughts on that, that we finally have that big payoff, what that was? It, it all makes sense now. It comes full circle. <laughs> it's interesting because they were concerned that it would change the entire universe because, once again, they're breaking the rules. But from Robots in Disguise Volume 1, you realize that fell on deaf ears. So yeah. <laughs> yes. nobody, Nobody got it. Yeah. Speaking of full circle, what was our feelings about the Spark Eater callback on its origins? Uh, I, Ooh, yeah, the Spark Eater gun. Yeah. I, I liked it. <laughs> it was really good. I, I thought it was funny. I'm like, right. oh, so they also made the Spark Eater. So they're inside the Lost Light before they got the hands of the Lost Light. So this is all their fault. <laughs> Yeah. It was actually this is again something I caught second time reading through. Like I didn't realize this is the origin Spark Eater. Right. There's a lot of things you can catch second or even third time reading through. And I like at the end, as as you should do with a time traveling story, is on the Lost Light, Tailgate and a few others are watching the Earth movie Back to the Future. Wonder if they'll ever do a crossover, but you know. <laughs> Someday. I think they will. I've been to the future. I think they will. Yeah, you would hope. <laughs> so, Rodstar rating, unless there's anything else we want to talk about. Uh, there's a special ending at the end, right? Where it's all hail the useless one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You want to talk about you that? Finally, you finally meet the useless one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what Rung did, but the functionists have, have captured Rung and are torturing him. And there's uh, seems to be like a cult. Because they, they say, like, oh, hail the useless one. So, yeah, uh, and this is in the alternative timeline at this point, right? Yeah, the function is universe, yeah, where, where they've taken control. Do you I, think we'll visit this universe again, or do you think that's just, like, a cool little cliff note there on to uh, keep you interested in wrong? I 
think we will. Uh, could it be the one where Pharma got taken to? Dun, dun, dun. We'll Who knows? Find out. You know, we'll I do. We did I see do. where that turned out to be. It was somewhere worth something with five Cybertrons, right? Yeah. Yeah. That so. I do want to point out that there was a scene where Cork said that he discovered Rung's use with his uh, helper Sweep, which is like a, a broom, a guy that just brooms. <laughs> And so in my the the deepest thought in my mind was, wait, did brainstorm start off as sweep? <gasps> Who knows? Dun 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 dun. dun. All right, moving the rock stars. I'm gonna <laughs> give this a four and a half. It was a good fun time. I do like time travel stories. Um, it's gonna be. It's not. It's not gonna. It's gonna. Yeah. Let me start over. It has been entertaining i enjoy lots of payoffs that were being set up throughout the entire series and more even uh good one four and a half who's next well uh i'm actually going to give this a five and there's a reason why um throughout this entire series there's a few things i really enjoyed uh, the first being the character development whirl of all people was one that saved megatron um rewind of all people was one that killed megatron and um you also get a little background story about it, it kind of comes for full circle, which is satisfying for me, like how Megatron went to jail, um, uh, who what Re rewinds uh, affiliation with ever going back to the past was and um, also seeing uh, Megatron's birth. Yeah. Yeah. And time heist. <laughs> time heist. Uh, I will also give it a five. I really enjoyed it. I had a, a blast. I really liked all the character arcs, everything coming back, uh, all the little things we've already seen before, and they're kind of like giving us more details of what really is happening there. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, and, you know, seeing Megatron's birth was very interesting. Uh, I don't think we've seen it ever uh, in any other media. So that's... That's very good. Yeah. And I really like the, the little bit of history we got for Whirl and how he lost his hands and face and, and all that and why he hates the, the functionist so much. So yeah. I thought good that reading. was pretty cool. Yeah. Good reading. <laughs> good, oh, good reading? I thought you said good riddance, and I'm like, whoa, oh, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> he did not deserve what he had coming. Yeah. Sorry, did I say that? No, anyway. it, it just sounded like that. <laughs> wait what <laughs> anyway listeners what do you think of these comics how many rod stars would you give it and let us know by leaving a comment below all right so we have no new emails today well at least i haven't checked today so anyway i should probably check that anyway if you would like to email us you can contact us at swervesbarpodcasts at gmail.com and the details should be below if you need assistance with that email address. So, moving on to our next segment. Do we have any new toys we want to talk about? I do not have any new toys, but I do have a little project that I would like to talk about. Yeah, and it's, take and four. It, yeah, so I've managed to get a connection from Cybertron to a platform called Twitch.tv back on Earth. And uh, I started streaming. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash kilobyte prime and i hope to see you all there i've right now i've been playing the star wars uh, uh 
Rise of Skywalker, the new Lego Star Wars game. Uh, and uh, I've been enjoying it quite a lot. So uh, hopefully we'll play some more Transformers game. And uh, I think the next one on the list is Battlegrounds. So you can catch me there uh, at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, it was the only time slot we could VPN into on the on the Earth. Yeah, the 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 connection between Cybertron and Earth takes a while to show the image, so it is later at uh, a later time. We'll put a link to your Twitch in the details below. Yes. Are you all ready for Transformers: Robots in Disguise Volume Seven? I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that ending. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm uh, ready. I think Computron <laughs> needs another drink. Kilo, do you mind taking us out? It's diluted. It's diluted. <laughs> that must be the case. It, it will do. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. Uh, if you want to help out the show even further, we have started a Patreon. And the details will be below uh, on the description. So uh, please check that out. Uh, all the proceeds will go to supporting the show and keeping the lights on. Of, of course, we do have tiers uh, that offer other forms of gratitude, such as 3D printed files and access to our Discord channel. And as always, we hope you're all staying safe out there. Thank you so, so much for listening to All Our One. To All Our One. To All Our One. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. I deserve the MVP of the night. The MVP? <laughs> I shot myself to get in there. Is that what your MVP wants to be? It's like the little Overwatch thing where it says play of the game. <laughs> And it's Bastion. <laughs> it's always Bastion. Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.